As you pointed out the absurdity of the witness trying to film it instead of, I don't know, running away or... Mm. Firing at it with a service <laughs> <Yeah>. revolver. Exactly. <laughs> that is a true freaking story. If that happened to me when I was 11 years old, I would be terrified. Are you sure it wasn't a dog? Don't no. you go Blue Book era <laughs> Heineck on me, all right? I will not take that in my home. All right, you, this, this is too weird. You have to take your clothes off. <laughs> oh, I have a little note here. It says, wait for reactions. That didn't really work <laughs> out. Oh, 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 oh. This is fiction and strange truth. Welcome, everyone, to Fiction and Strange Truth. I am William, and I am joined here with... Dustin. And... Steven. And these two guys with me are skeptics. Uh, so to give you a little rundown of what's going to happen, I am a true believer, and I really love converting skeptics into true believers like me. So I will be telling Dustin and Steven stories of the unexplained up against stories I have made up, and they have to guess which one is true. And then I will tell them the full story. So Dustin, why are you a skeptic? Uh, well, I was forced to go to church when I was younger, and... Uh figured out that was some bullshit and started questioning everything and figured out a lot of shit is bullshit. <laughs> That's, That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> say, go for it, Steven. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's the religions, but uh, uh, with everything, I'll believe it when I see it. And I have not experienced anything yet. Okay. It would lead me to believe that uh, there's anything that I've seen on TV that is remotely real. Okay. In this, in this field of, you know, you know, the paranormal and all that. Yeah. I, I can completely understand. I myself have not had any super, super crazy experiences. I've told Dustin my ghost experiences at, at work when we were working for the same company. So, all right. Well, I guess I'll jump right into it. So our first story of the evening is Amphibioid. That's the title, not the theme. It was late in the evening as a lone police officer steered his cruiser down a darkened road, stretching along the bank of the river whose cold waters cut through the county. He was heading back towards the quaint town where he was stationed. The trip was taking longer than usual as this particular chilly night in mid-March left the unusually gritty pavement slick with ice and dew. As the bright headlights of the officer's cruiser crawled along the shimmering texture of the road, they revealed something that stood out from the frosted, silent surroundings. A bit off the blacktop, near the edge of the road, a shape bulged from the ground, creating an obvious point of interest on the officer's quiet drive. Upon seeing this strange object, the lawman pulled over to the shoulder. Thinking this mysterious thing could be someone's lost and potentially wounded canine, our brave policeman exited his cruiser and approached the form, hoping to lend what comfort or aid he could. Perhaps able to see the officer from its prone position near the road, or possibly startled by the icy crunch of the officer's shoes on the pavement, the unknown entity launched upward into a crouched stance. Before the officer stood a hunched, frog-like biped glaring in his direction. Diminutive beast was covered in leathery skin and seemed to stand around three feet tall. In a mix of fear, shock, and instinct, the shaken officer drew the heavy steel of his service revolver and fired at the creature. The bullet whizzed past the amphibian, and possibly already wounded, it limped away and over the guardrail that separated the roadway and the river below. As it did so, it kept its eyes on the startled policeman 
until it vanished into the darkness beyond, perhaps to return to its river home. What color was it? Uh, kind of like a greenish brown, like after flu poop. Was it? Was it <laughs> did it have any sort of humanoid features? It, it was bipedal. That's about it. Other than that, it was very frog-like. Did it say anything? Uh, nope. Just kind of wandered off uh, after being shot at, like most of us do after being shot at. I mean, I know when I get shot at, I usually well, just kind of wander over guardrails. Sounds real. That's standard operating procedure for a cop, apparently. <laughs> America. Uh, well, if you guys are ready, I have the next story. All right. I'm ready. This next story is entitled, I'm going to try to give it a real dark sound here. The, the Bloat Lurk. Bloat Lurk. Bloat Lurk, as in puffy, big. <laughs> it was late in the evening as a couple wandered the dingy sidewalk at the conclusion of their third date. They were slowly making their way toward the home of the young woman while her chosen Casanova snuggled in close, sharing his warmth and hopefully helping his chances of achieving the stereotypical third date ritual. Which is? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As the two meandered quietly, they heard a soft but obvious rustling from the nearby shrubs, bordering a drainage gully. They watched with curiosity as a figure a bit shorter than the man stepped from the greenery in the darkness. The couple froze, analyzing the potential threat of a mugger. The figure stepped slowly and silently toward the duo until it was standing under the dim light from the streetlight above. To their shock, the thing before them wasn't a man at all, but a dark green, egg-shaped creature with tiny, bulging black eyes and a lipless mouth stretching across its entire ovoid face below its eyes. The corpulent oddball's body seemed distended and veiny like a frog's neck during a croak, and its legs and arms were extremely thin and bony. This happening in the mid-2010s, the couple overcame their terror and drew their cell phones, because that's what we do. We take pictures of things that freak us out. The woman beginning to rapidly fire photos, and the man opting to document the encounter by way of video. As the witnesses watched, the creature slowly blinked, turned, and strolled away in long, floating steps with movements similar to an under-inflated helium balloon slowly fading into the darkness. But as startling as the encounter was for the young lovebirds, things became even stranger when they tried to share the evidence. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> Ooh. All right, so my, <laughs> all right, so my skeptical pals, which of these two terrifying tales do you think is true? I will say for myself, I think that Bloat Lurk is the true story because you pointed out the absurdity of the witness trying to film it instead of, I don't know, running away or... Mm. Firing at it with a service <laughs> <Yeah>. revolver. <Exactly. laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think kind of like the the first one could be the, the true story because it sounds like the kind of thing a cop would say if he was shooting at like a bear or something. And like, why are you missing two rounds from your service revolver, sir, you know, Officer Duffy? Um, <laughs> that da that dadgum Democrat <laughs> bear was after me. <laughs> well, no, it was the amphibious monster. I, I had to shoot at it or something. So that like the story like a cop would say for like firing into the dark because he heard something. Mm. And then, the, then he made up the monster. So I guess maybe it's like a, a half-truth thing where, like, the, 
the the cop really have something really happened to that cop to make him shoot into the dark, but then he made up that it was a monster. Oh, okay. Well, one of you has good instincts because Amphibioid is the true story. Steven, you are correct. Hmm. This story is also known as the Loveland Frogman. The true story of the stocky, slick, semi-human frog fiend is the Loveland Frogman. Our first sighting of these creatures comes from May of 1955 outside the city of Loveland, Ohio. A motorist whose name was withheld, most likely for fear of ridicule, driving along a stretch of road not far from the Ohio River spotted three small bipedal figures in his headlights near the roadside ahead of him. Curious as to what he was seeing, the driver pulled his vehicle to the shoulder to watch these beings from a distance. He observed the short, wide shapes for what he estimated to be around three minutes. Although time does get weird when you're surprised by something. I've, I've, I've been like, man, it was like two hours. It's been like 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. During this short-term voyeurism, he was able to get a good look, later describing the creatures as having leathery skin, standing about three to four feet tall, what appeared to be webbed hands and feet, and most notably frog-like heads. He was even able to make out what was either deep set wrinkles or ridges on the top of the frogmen's heads. And feel free to interrupt at any time if you need more info. Apparently, the frogmen began to notice the man's eye upon them because one of the creatures suddenly reached down and drew up some kind of wand or small rod (laughs) (laughs) in its webbed hand. The astonished observer witnessed sparks spew from the end of the wand and, like any reasonable person, chose that moment to get the hell out of there. Fast forward to 1972. So this is a few years later. What, like 28, 27? March 3rd, 1 a.m. A Loveland police officer was, like our buddy from 1955, driving along the river outside of Loveland, Ohio. The Little Miami River, to be exact. Oh, and ironically enough, the road he was driving on was called Riverside Road. The officer was driving slowly on the blacktop due to the cold night, creating possibly icy conditions when our unknown animal, when an unknown animal darted in front of his police cruiser, causing him to abruptly halt the vehicle. The officer opened his door and stood next to his transport, checking to see if he had potentially struck whatever it was that interrupted his journey back towards town. There was no streetlights on this rural road, but in the cruiser's bright headlights, he could easily make out the oddity not far off in the distance in front of him. A creature three to four feet tall with leathery skin, he estimated weighing around 70 pounds and looked to be some kind of frog or lizard. I don't know if that's important for you guys, (laughs) if it's a frog or a lizard. I'd be more inclined to believe in a a lizard person than a frog person, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, just because of the reptilians that control the government and the world, the the NWO and all that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are one of you a lizard person? Well, but they're putting the the fluoride in the water to turn the frogs gay, right? (laughs) That's the the rumor. Frogs are fabulous either way. Yeah, they're just... Have you seen like some of the shiny ones? Mm -hmm. They got it going on. As if this wasn't surprising enough, the weird little frog beast stood on two legs... Then, as suddenly as the meeting began, it ended as the frogman leapt away from the officer across the road and hopped over a guardrail heading toward the river. Does this sound familiar? Mm -hmm. 
The officer was so shaken that he did not follow immediately, but did return to the site with a fellow officer later on. They did not see the frogman again, but did find strange claw marks around the guardrail and riverbank below. Perhaps the most controversial sighting of the Loveland Frogman came just two weeks later. Officer Mark Matthews, we actually get a name. This this, uh, is one of the reasons I chose this story, because I decided to not pick any stories that don't have some sort of actual proof or or cross-examination to it. So this guy, Mark Matthews, was out driving through a similar area bordering the Ohio River. He came upon what he thought looked to be an injured animal on the side of the roadway. This is where we get to our story. Feeling bad for the animal and thinking he could be, it could be someone's lost pet, he exited his cruiser and walked toward the unidentified creature to perhaps lend some aid. As he did so, the shape before him stood up on two legs, revealing a That's creature of three oh, to wand. four. Oh, the wand? Or the, no. It was just a big wand, yes, oh, stood yeah. up from the side of the road. <laughs> Started spewing sparks. Yeah. That, the, the second one, though, he had one too? or There's uh, a different one. Maybe. Oh, okay. But he, the, it stood up on two legs, revealing a three to four foot tall form with leathery skin and appearing to weigh 70 pounds. Startled and maybe a bit of a fear reaction to the unknown, Matthews pulled his revolver and fired, missing his target as it walked away with a slight limp and gingerly stepped over the guardrail. Officer Matthews at first stood by his story, but it seems after a few years of people's ridicule and conjecture, the fatigued officer recanted his story and claimed he saw nothing more than someone's escaped large reptilian pet. (laughs) Although no one ever came forward reporting to be missing their four-foot-tall bipedal iguana. Jub-Jub did not get out that night. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I stand by my original statement that this is probably a drunk cop who, you know, (laughs) Just started firing at something he thought he was. And he's like, no, I swear to God, it was aliens, you know. Well, and, and it is true. I, I saved the whole town from an alien invasion. There, There is a potential <laughs> that he could have remembered the story from 20-some-odd years ago with the man who saw the three standing together with the, the magic yeah. wand. But it is a little weird that another officer only two weeks prior to that saw the same thing. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. he chose to keep his – he didn't fire his gun and he ke- he chose to keep his name withheld for, for fear of ridicule. And I, I – I must say I truncated a lot of these stories for time because some of them are really dense. Mm -hmm. And Officer Matthews actually did get a ton of ridicule from his department and people in the town. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was him, I would eventually spend like a couple years just kind of taking it and eventually be like, fine, it was a lizard, all right? I saw a lizard. (laughs) Fine, I was drunk on duty or something, anything, like more. That's what I always look for as my skeptical, like I was a 4K. What's the liter- What's the pragmatic reason for what you saw? Like what you know, like the the guys who tried to. There are people who have tried to prove how you can part the Red Sea. You know, like how it could have happened naturally or something like that. So that's kind of what I look for. Is like what's the scientific? You know, like you saw a frogman. Okay, are you sure it wasn't a dog? <laughs> are, you <laughs> like, are you sure like swamp gas didn't reflect off from Neptune and oh. uh, reflect off of the the pond? Don't don't um, you go blue book era uh, Heineck on me, all right? I will not take that in my home, Steve. Uh, I was just going to be flashy thing anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, I, well, yeah. You mentioned UFOs. Like the, we've got all these videos coming out now. Like people think that because it's the military reporting on it, that it, it had some had some credibility to all these UFOs, and now we're calling them unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, I still think it's disinformation. A lot of it. That's what that's what I look for first. Is how could it be disinformation? 
Your thoughts, Dustin? Drunk cop, serious cop? Yeah, I I think I'm with Stephen on this one. I, but my question is, uh, why, if there were multiple witnesses, why didn't they back each other up, or did they? I can't remember if it's Matthews or the other officer. One of the officers actually did go get another officer and go back to the site. And that officer did see the same scratch marks. And yeah, it's the officer who saw the scratch marks and all the crazy stuff on like the roadway and the riverbed. He actually did go get someone from the department and bring them back to the location. Yeah, scratch marks could be anything. Yeah, you know, I've I've seen stuff that looks like weird animals and turns out it's a raccoon throwing a fish, you know. Somebody comes and says, okay, look at these scratch marks and you see scratch marks and then like, okay, now I need you to agree with me that this was an alien or some kind of weird creature. That's a bridge too far. You know, like, I'm not going to go and I'm not going to tell people that. Or not a, not a car that ran into a guardrail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely was not my police cruiser that left yeah. those marks in the guardrail as I gonna, was trying to light a cigarette. We're going to take Officer Matthews over to the breathalyzer test right now. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of other minor reports of the Loveland Frogmen, however. Uh, later in 1972, a farmer reported seeing four creatures, very similar to the other sightings, standing in his field. He described them as having wide mouths, bearing sharp teeth this time. As he watched them, the creatures fled back toward the river, which I did look up where this was, and it is along the Little Miami slash Ohio River interchange. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these actually take place around the interchange where the Little Miami feeds into the Ohio. So there's, there's a weird, that to me, that's, that's what speaks to me is like the true believer is there's a lot of it happening in the same place because there's kind of a thing with hoaxes. Hoaxes spread like viruses or bacteria. Mm-hmm. People like to mimic them. They like their time in the spotlight. So there was, there weren't really people. I mean, there, there were creatures kind of like the sighted other places in the U S oddly enough, always near water. No, no one ever saw one in like a, out in death Valley. But um, well, it's always like this town. It's like this town's rumor or this town's legend or something, like the Blair Witch. Or, which it could know, be. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Frogmen. It's like maybe, maybe that's their. They they've been left over since prehistoric times, and they've just only existed in this little enclave somewhere in the Ohio River Valley. Yeah, and they're still. It's not like. I mean, you look at the Amazon. There's like five billion square miles unexplored. So it's not that. But there's still nooks and crannies. You know, maybe a chupacabra exists here and there somewhere. I actually, uh, if this experiment goes well and we continue the series, in my notebook for later, there are some Amazonian stories Ooh. we'll be covering. Interesting. Following that, in 1975, residents of Milford, Kentucky, it's also very close to Loveland, described uh, witnessing giant lizards with no tails strolling around on two legs. Um, this story was hard to track down. The best I could find about it is they saw these from a distance, like close enough to realize that they were definitely not people, but not close enough to get a lot of detail. Sadly, no one knows exactly what these diminutive devils were or where they came from, as it seems they decided to follow Disco and disappear in the late 70s, never to be seen again. So so what are your what are your guys' thoughts? So like the uh, the 80s killed it just like like you said disco. Yeah, video yeah. killed the radio video star. Kill, yeah. yeah. <laughs> once, we, once we had camcorders in the home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it that is another thing that kind of speaks to me as, as the believer again is because you know, if it's the hometown monster, 
also sometimes called small town monsters. You said it's yeah. like the hometown legend, but they continue, right? Like well, the guy with the hook, the he's always you, there. It's the story you tell your kids to make them, you know, you don't stay up past 10 o'clock or the fish hook guy is going to get you. The <laughs> exactly. Meat, the meat hook guy is going to get you. The frog man. Frog right? man's yeah. going to shoot sparks at you. Yeah. Frog man, <laughs> Harry Potter fro- frog man is going to, Alohomora, and you're going to disappear. Uh, fro- and, uh, frogonium short yeah. sack. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, we know about them because like somebody outside that circle hears about it and says, oh, let's, let's disseminate this information now. Let's tell these stories amongst ourselves, like the rhapsodes of ancient Greece, you know, and then the frogman story gets passed around and Bigfoot too. And, and I get like the from a distance footage type stuff or the from a distance eyesight because did you see that? It was like a suspected Bigfoot video where it was like, up in the Alaskan mountains where it's just snow and tundra and there's no footprints anywhere, but you just see this figure, a humanoid figure running running through like an animal. It's like, yeah, it could be Shaquille O'Neal in a bear suit, you know? Like, I don't think a human could make tracks (laughs) that big (laughs) or or move that, that dynamically for that long, you know? But yeah. We, yeah. we can also fake a whole lot of stuff. And, you know, <laughs> we they could. Put, they put Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on Bill Hader every time he does an impression of yeah. the, you know, the deep fake. Yeah. So. Deep fakes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Dustin, I, I was just about to delve into nobody asked for this territory and talk. Have you seen this movie called Goodbye Lennon? <laughs> <laughs> great, great movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and, uh, so Dustin, I want to touch base with you a little bit on this. So like Stephen brought up the, the small town hoaxes thing, right? Or the, the small town like legends. So you're a horror fan. You, you love horror movies and, and you kind of know a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on that idea of just like the small town story sticking around and creating these, these frogmen stories? Uh, yeah, I think that's very possibly what could have been happening and, and what, what does happen in a lot of these stories, uh, when it comes to, especially in the old times, in the old times, I'm talking about like the seventies, but (laughs) in the olden days, back in the seventies with the long, long ago, but like before (laughs) analog TV, yeah, (laughs) before everyone had a video camera in their pocket, um, one of your friends would be like, you won't believe what I saw. I saw a frog-like thing, but it was like 70 pounds. <laughs> and then their friend's like, you know what? Even if they haven't, they'd be like, like I've seen that too. But, you know, I saw two of them, and one of them was holding a wand shooting sparks out of that mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I think exactly a lot of uh, social behavior incites these stories becoming lore i guess locally and and continuing to exist throughout people's imaginations mm. do you think that could account for the story winding down cuz the the first sighting was the one with the three creatures and the the you know leviosa sparks <laughs> and all that so Again, with hoaxes and and like rumors, rumors usually like build. Yeah, everyone wants to add their own thing. You know, every everyone's putting their own their own feather. It's tall on tales. Yeah, everyone's fish, putting fish stories, right? Fish stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like kind of like Big Fish that movie. But um, I love that movie. It's a great <laughs> film. So, have you seen that series, The Conjuring, which takes <laughs> these little uh, niche horror stories and builds them into three hour movies for no reason? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but my point to that is, so like normally stories grow. They get bigger. If if people are making it up, everyone's going to add their own little thing. But this one winds down. You have the beginning, which is them holding a wand, trying to, I guess, prove to the world that they can do a sparkler thing. And then a police officer shoots at one, Then a, or a police officer like, almost hits one with his car. Then a police officer sees one and shoots at it. And then people see it from a distance. And then it just kind of 
goes away. So yeah. I, I have trouble convincing myself it's just like a small town monster yeah. thing because of the fact that it wound down. Because this might th- this might not have a lot to do with it, but in my area, there was the tale of the water lollies is what they called these things. And they were little red-eyed, like naked chubby dudes that lived in the water. And if you got too close to the water, they would pull you in and drown you. Mm. And it, it was like a thing. But every time I heard it, like I, I heard this obviously once I moved there when I was a little kid and then all through growing up and then through high school. And every time I heard it, I heard it, it got bigger. You know, they had scales now and they had teeth. And no, they're not a little midget guy. They're like a dog thing. And they don't just drag you under the water. It's like... It's like a horror movie. They drag you to another dimension yeah. or they eat you and like it got bigger and bigger. But this one, this and one kind of like goes, yeah. eh. that's a product of human nature because you always want to add your own little thing to it or make it better or more unique to you or make your experience sound better than the other guys. So and wouldn't that prove this one true then since it wounds down? I don't know. Wounds down, winds down, wounds down. I think it's one of those, it could be one of those things like stop telling your frogman story, <laughs> Don. <laughs> You know, like no one wants to hear your frogman story anymore. You know, <laughs> you're out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. You know, it's like, or it's like a bad Don Dollar movie or something. You know, every Don Dollar movie is well, a bad Don Dollar movie. <laughs> I, I think part of it too could be just the fact uh, a product of its era is all of a sudden we have cameras, and so instead of uh, people saying, "Oh my God, yeah, I saw the same thing," they're like, "Oh, really? Prove it." Yeah, that's yeah. true, because that's that's the whole thing now, right? If it, if you didn't take a picture, it didn't happen. That's it's what was the wand made now. of? What were the sparks like? Were they yeah. like gunpowder sparks? Were they fireworks sparks? Were they blue? Were they purple? Or they, you know, like people like an asshole like me is just going to start asking questions. <laughs> Did you TikTok it? <laughs> were they yeah. wearing clothes? Uh, yeah, actually, in the first one, they were. <laughs> okay. They were wearing little silvery suits. So they took a wrong turn <laughs> on vacation and ended up on Earth in our dimension or yeah. something. Uh, the 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 trickster god the paranormal that, that's a that's a that's a a book and I actually want to want to get into and pull some stories from it one of these days. But no, actually the interdimensional thing is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, Heineck kind of commented on it a little bit. I know I'm going to get some controversy from that, but I found some stuff that he commented on it. Obviously, um, oh god, I'm going to look terrible. Mothman prophecies. I don't know. I know the names of astronauts like Neil Armstrong, Jim Lovell, Pete Conrad. Those are the names I memorize. Let's see. I, I have it over here. I can prove this. I'm not leaving the room this time. It's just right over here. I have the Mothman prophecies in my book collection. John fucking Keel. How did you not remember that? That's like you talk about all the time. Yeah, that's I. I can't believe you don't understand. I have that problem after all the times we try to talk about <laughs> actors, and I have no idea who I'm talking about. No, but uh, paranormal coming from an inter- interdimensional area. John Keel talks about all the time. Um, he wrote actually several books about it. The most noted of which being uh, the Eighth Tower. He's he's huge in that. So yeah, I mean, what are what are your guys' final closing thoughts? I, I am sorry that my first one couldn't convert you, but I will continue to attempt, Stephen and. Dustin are looking at each other for <laughs> <laughs> Stephen one, William, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I can't definitively say, you know, I don't believe any, any of these stories. I don't think these witnesses are credible or, or, you know, I wasn't there. I'm always, uh, I think it could happen. I just, I think I'm on the same page as Stephen is if I don't see it myself, I, ha- I don't feel like I have any reason to, Believe in it just at someone's word. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I don't usually believe secondhand stories where even if people are talking about human activity, like I, I saw this bar fight. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy picked up the bar. You know, the guy picked up the bottle and did it over the head. Sure, the pool cue like a sword. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. 
you know, like I, I'm pretty skeptical for real life. So William, it's going to take you a few episodes. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, uh, in that spirit of it, then let's get to the next episode. Uh, thank you for listening to this very first episode of Fiction and Strange Truth. I will, again, try to convert these skeptics to my way of thinking. Uh, resources for this episode came from Cryptopia.us, the awesome, awesome paranormal and uh, cryptid reference website over there. Um, Rob Morphy is the guy who writes the articles for that. He is a, a fantastic researcher for the paranormal. Uh, I also pulled some of this information from the book Inhumanoids, which is also a really good book, notwithstanding all the misspellings and grammatical errors, but it is a good book. It is a good book. It has a lot of accounts in there. I do suggest everyone out there pick it up. If you would like to shoot me a an email to give me an idea for a story I need to cover, uh, to tell me how much of an idiot I am, uh, shoot us an email. Uh, the email will be in the description of this. Uh, since this is an experiment, we're still building the resources for it. But thank you, everyone, for joining us for this first episode of Fiction and Strange Truth. Dustin, I'm sorry you don't believe in Frogman. Steven, I'm sorry you don't believe in Frogman. I'm not. I forgive you. I will convince you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.